I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, sixty five dollars for a fucking what is in this drink that's cost sixty five dollars? What what was it served in? Was it a cho- Was it did did was a small Asian refugee just like <laughs> dripping it into your mouth with a fucking eyedropper? What the fuck could could you possibly justify a sixty five dollar cocktail? It's it's hard to do, and I don't think that I can that I can justify it. Uh, other than to say it's. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Be advised that the Literate Apecast is recorded for adults with adult themes and language. If you are easily offended, best to cover your ears. But then why listen to a podcast, dumbass? Got one ticket to paradise. Cause yeah, I yeah, yeah. got cancer. I died tonight. You don't care about any money dying. He was just another celebrity that you recall from your youth and you're going, Oh, I'm so sad. No, that's not true. I, I am I am a little bummed out about Eddie Money. I I I didn't love Eddie Money. I really liked Eddie Money's music. His songs were always there. They were always awesome. And I'm kind of bummed. That he's dead now. You're kind of bummed in the same way that if a jack-in-the-box down the street suddenly that you went to maybe <laughs> once every... Let's just say you went to that jack-in-the-box once every seven months and you went, oh, I enjoy this jack-in-the-box burger <laughs> and fries. And then the jack-in-the-box closed. You went, gosh, I'm kind of bummed that jack-in-the-box isn't there. You don't really give a shit about Eddie Money dying. Well, no, I mean, the, the thing about Eddie Money dying versus the jack-in-the-box closing is that I will always have Eddie Money's music. It's always going to be there, right? And yeah, well, it always, always was. Gonna, like, but there's always going to be a jack-in-the-box. It's just not, not down the, the block that's for close me. to your house. That's what I'm saying. It's Eddie just, Money's like, music oh, was always in, the, in my... It was just... It was always there. Like yesterday... I was down at Navy Pier. I had to go to WBEZ to record uh, some stuff for Politico in one of the studios. And I'm leaving yeah. Navy Pier and, you know, in the, the outdoor speakers, uh, Take Me Home Tonight is playing. And I'm hearing it. I'm thinking, man, I fucking dig this song. I really like Eddie Money. And I'm like singing the song as I walk down the pier. And, and it's just like, it, and that was it. Like there was nothing more to it. I would argue it. that your investment into Eddie Money does not merit your bummed out. See, I th- think typical male here uh typical white male don that you're assuming you know what my feelings are no i'm just judging your feelings i'm judging i'm judging (laughs) no i i'm not saying i know what your feelings are i am judging negatively your specious uh uh lightly lightly dusted uh I don't know, grieving over a a a pop star that died i think i think that my my feelings are perfectly in line with uh, my feelings of his death are perfectly in line with my feelings of of him when he was alive. It's like it's just a, like I I never got to see Eddie Money perform. That kind of, I'm like, and now I can't, and that's that's a small. It's not a big but you, bummer, but it's not like it's not like the last five years that's been on your fucking bucket list. It's not like you've gone every year you've gone, geez, <laughs> oh, I should have gone seen Eddie Money. While he's dying of cancer in his farewell tour, you haven't seen Rick Astley in a fucking you know concert. 
Uh, is Rick Astley still touring? When's, when's, who cares? When's the last time you saw Wilford Brimley on the street and said, gosh, I loved you in Cocoon. I think I should go see you in a play. You didn't. Well, no, because Wilford Brimley doesn't just walk down the street of Wicker Park. Well, he walks down streets. You don't know that. I, you know, come have you on. Ever, have you ever seen are, hey, Wilford it, Brimley okay. walk down a street? I'm just saying celebrities are not like uh, like uh, in Toy Story 2 where they take the toys and stick them <laughs> in a fucking package and on a shelf. It's not like celebrities are celebrities. They do a thing. Eddie Money makes a song and then he's stuck in like this place where nobody. He, Eddie Money probably rode the subway, hung around. Hang on a thing. second. Let's be serious. Eddie Money is totally stuck in a place. It's called the 1980s. Well, that's what I'm saying, and that's right. where he's been for you. So your mourning of his death does not really merit. Well, I'm not mourning it. I'm not mourning it, but you can't. Oh, I'm you can't prove. Out. You let's go back to this Wolf and Grimley walking to on the prove street. Anything. Thing. I'm not trying to prove anything. <laughs> I'm just simply judging your completely insincere grieving process over a dead celebrity that you didn't really care about, except that you liked one of his songs. I like all of his, well, all. I like, oh, I really, really? Prove, prove you like all of his songs. Hang David. on. Were you I that didn't... big of a mega no. fan of Eddie Money? No, I you like. You were a big Eddie Money fan. I really like all you of his hits. goatee just like his. I don't even know if I had a goatee. I don't give a shit. What? Yeah, you, you what? Eddie Money had a goatee. Wilford Brimley walks down streets. You know nothing about celebrities. I know as much about celebrities as you do. I know that Eddie Money never had a goatee, and I know that Wilford Brimley does not Are walk you down sure? streets. No, wait a minute. You know for a fact that in his whole life, Eddie Money never had a goatee? Of course I know that. Because I like his hits. How could I not know about his facial hair? Did you tattoo his face on your ass or something? You know my history of tattoos. No, of course I didn't do that. Exactly. I, yeah, wouldn't, saying, I wouldn't get a I'm tattoo. Saying, Although, if you want to get I'm a tattoo with me... I'll get Eddie Money's non-goateed face on my ass. Okay, so and, now I have that on recording, and so and, it's going to happen. It's going to fucking happen. But so then, the next time I'm then, in Chicago, no, the next time I'm in Chicago, I'm going to get you completely liquored up, and we are going to go to fucking Deja Vu, oh. and I'm going to get, I'm going to get your fucking, I'm going to get your Eddie Money's fucking non-goateed face tattooed on your left ass cheek. Deja Vu at the strip club, and it's going to say, "Take me home tonight." Wait, why do, we right have to go to take, why do we have to go to a strip club? Well, I, 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 and you don't even have to get me liquored up. Deja Vu is not a strip club, dude. Just a bar. I was oh. thinking about what's the place. I'm on, thinking of Deja Vu in Las Vegas, like the Deja Vu strip clubs. Well, yeah, it's here it. Oh, here okay. It. I'm not take, I'm going. Once I said when I come to Chicago, if you come to Vegas, oh, I don't know. I don't know the Deja Vu bar. I'm not going to take you. I'm not going to take you to a strip club to get your tattoo on your ass. I mean, if I do, it'd be like taking you to a prison. Yeah. Here, hey, random dude with the tats on your neck. Do you have an ink pen? Here's a <laughs> here's a bick and his naked ass. Go. <laughs> I will. You don't even have to get me liquored up. I will get, but I'll make you a deal. I will get Eddie Money's. I will get Eddie Money's non-goateed face tattooed on my ass if you okay. get a tattoo of Wilford Brimley and his mustache walking down a street tattooed okay. on your ass. Done. Done. I see. The thing about it is, Wilfred Brimley is far more. He is. He is. He is far more uh, embedded in the zeitgeist of my youth than Eddie Money is in yours. He was in the firm. He sold oatmeal. He was like both good and evil. Wilfred Brimley, come on. But, wait, but, but the firm was not really your youth. That was, was like that was like nineteen ninety one. Hey. I'm 53. It yeah. all becomes my youth. Oh, I guess that's fair. But I, you know, but that's a good point though. Eddie Money, 
is as is as much a part of my youth as he is a part of my adulthood because he's been so constant. Even, what? Even when he wasn't around in the late in the well, I mean, he was around in the late eighties, but like in the nineties, and right. he, so, his so, music has so been you, there constantly. So do you, do you know? Do you know? Do you know anybody? Can you name a single member of the band Blue Swede? No. Really? Wow, you are one cold-hearted motherfucker because that hooked on a feeling was that, the song that was that Wilford Brimley's Eddie, Eddie Money cover band. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> Blue Swede. Wilford Brimley, when he's young, he wrote "Cooked on a Feeling." He, well, he didn't write it actually. He wrote the "Uga Chaka Uga 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 Chaka" part. Oh, Blue Suede. S- whatever. It's Blue Swede. Is it? I don't fucking know. I don't care. When I was on the radio and I was jocking that song, I called them Blue Suede, and I think that everybody else did too. You know, now I'm this one I'm but looking I'm, up because that, that's I in think question now. Now I'm uncertain. Hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling was B.J. Thomas originally. Was it that I didn't know? God, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's Blue Suede. It's spelled S W E D E. That is not suede, you dipshit. It's blue sweet. All right, then I'm thinking of something else. And I, okay, fine, fine. All right, I'm wrong. Oh, you're breaking my soul with your but, lack. Uh, but yeah, originally, that was money. a BJ Thomas song. Was, was it? Ed, yeah, was Eddie was Eddie Money in Blue Swede? You know, wh- see, that's how much you know. And that's why you're, you're grieving over his just... death means absolutely, it's not, it doesn't have as many calories as a, as a Snickers bite size. Come on. Look, man, all I'm saying is that I'm, I like his music and I love his lack of facial hair. That's the extent of my Eddie money. And I'll man, never I'm... get to see him perform at a Chicago street fest or uh, at my 50th birthday party. That's, that's all. It's just like, oh, that. That sucks. All right. I can't see a f- single picture of him with facial hair. See? I'm looking. No, I, that doesn't mean I've looked at all of them. Telling he you. He might have had facial hair when he was like 16. Come on. I don't know. You don't either. He was not like, he's not a, a he wasn't a hairy kid. I mean, he's, he's not a, a. No, he's not a hairy guy. I mean, he's got good hair. I'm not going to lie. He's got great he hair. Looks, Late, late, late stage any money kind of look like meatloaf. Yeah, well, <laughs> if we all play our cards wrong, we all eventually start to look like meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> you you be careful, buddy. You that's mind a yourself. T-shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> if we all played our cards wrong, we all end up looking like meatloaf. That's a, <laughs> that's a brilliant t-shirt i think that's the literate ape t-shirt we need to put out oh my god all right so what uh what topics do we have going on i don't know how was your anniversary oh it was great um you know we uh that's the thing is for our anniversaries our first anniversary uh we share i i sorry i have to interrupt yeah listener you should know that uh don and i share an a wedding anniversary week yeah, yeah. You, so, you were married on September, September 10th. September 10th. Yep. We were married on September 12th. And smack in the middle. A delicious is, 9-11 sandwich. A delicious 9-11 sandwich <laughs> is what our anniversary is. The like, meat of patriotism is, and is, smoking buildings. Yeah. Was there, was there maybe a little like lack of thought on our choices of dates? I, I, I forgot. No, I don't. Who cares? You did. You forgot. No, you did. I mean, look, it. 
I actually, I don't know why we picked that date over. I think that was when, oh, I know why, because that was when our venue, this sprawling compound in Michigan was going to be ready. I think they we were like rebuilding the whole thing. It was just the soonest date we could get close to being engaged on our third date. So it's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. You know, I mean, at some point, 9 11 like has to, I mean, yes, remember it and acknowledge it. And I'm all for that. But also, it like, you have shit to do. Like, yeah. Life, life for the live. rest of us, life well, does go know, on. I, the whole 9 11 thing is I read, a, I read a meme uh, the day before uh, that I thought was interesting. At least it was thought provoking. And it was, you know, just think. 10 years ago today, or how many years ago is uh, this on this night? <laughs> 3,000, yeah, three, whatever, 18 years ago, 3,000 people ate dinner with their families for the last time. I yeah. mean, that's like, like that's an 11. And that's, that's meaningful until you realize that like 150,000 people die every day. Like any so money. You could, like you could probably, exactly. So you could probably say that, uh, hey, just think of it right now. Five years ago, now, 150,000 people had breakfast the last time with it. Come on. Right. You know? I mean, it's, it's perspective. I, I get it, but... Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. our first yeah. anniversary, we, went to, uh, we were in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, our second anniversary, we were in Saugatuck. And that actually was our second anniversary. That was the weekend you guys got That was there. our wedding, yeah. Yeah, you're you're married. You're, you guys met, get married, and and that was when we were just getting to know each other. And you invited us to your wedding, yeah. And it was just too far for us to drive, and we were enjoying our own wedding anniversary. So, would you have like this is a dumb a dumb question because I said if now if I had my wedding and you were in your or your your anniversary trip at Saga Talk, yeah, we would you come now? Been. But you would you would have been actually invited with a proper yeah. invitation. Yeah, I wouldn't have had to crash your wedding and, right. and you know, watch you do, do like Rory Zachers where you drank so much that you split your pants in half. Well, I didn't do that until Rory Zachers' wedding. Yeah. I know. That's what yeah, I said. Yeah, Rory right, Zachers you were there, That's yeah. right. You were there. Yeah, yeah. We did, we did in <laughs> fact crash. We did in fact crash <laughs> Rory Zachers' wedding and Kelly LeBlanco's wedding. Uh, before, <laughs> I mean, Rory knew me from the days of comedy sports, but Kelly didn't who the fuck I was from Adam. Yeah. And Dana and I show up because you said, come crash. And- so we did, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. But you and Dana got—that's one of my favorite stories about that moment. Was at one point, Dana's dancing around, you know, and you're just out of control dancing. Mm-hmm. And both of you drinking and having fun. Katie's pregnant, so she can't drink. Yeah, and your mom comes up to me, watching you just like you're dancing <laughs> like a fucking moron, um, ripping your pants in half, and she says, "Can you do something about David?" <laughs> And I look over, and there's Dana, her ass in the air, uh-huh. you know, and all these old dudes checking her out. And uh. I looked over and said, I said, I can't even do anything about my wife. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just not the relationship I have with either one of them. And your mom just laughed. Yep. Dana and I owned that dance floor. Oh, yeah. You you and Dana were rocking the yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But I totally, that was my wedding suit. It cost more than Katie's dress. And you ripped your ass up. And I... Danced so hard. And at one point, I think it occurred when I picked Rory up. And Rory is not a small dude. No, he's not a small guy. And I lift and I just, my pant, I just blew, I blew it out in like four different parts. Oh, yeah. You, your it pants didn't just were like split. It, it was, blew out. It was like you were, it was a shirt on the Incredible Hulk. Yes. It just split I, I, in many my, pieces. Yeah. <laughs> my legs were Lou Ferrigno's chest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then our third <laughs> anniversary, we went to London. And then our fourth anniversary, we went to Traverse City. So it's like 
International Michigan. International mm-hmm. Michigan. Well, this year, um, because we moved, because, uh, you know, we're kind of getting reset up in Vegas and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, we ended up just, and I, and actually now that I'm casino manager, I'm working. Mm-hmm. So I worked, I worked for our anniversary, uh, but we spent the morning and we drank a bottle of wine that Dell Hall, Dell and Ginger Hall gave us at said hall that we've had since our first year of marriage. And nice. it was actually, I thought, I thought it was going to be like swill because it's been sitting. I mean, we've been carrying it around since we got married. I thought this wine's going to suck. It actually tasted pretty good. Hmm. And then we and then we read from a book that was co-written by uh, William S. Burroughs and uh, uh, Jack Kerouac, and that was nice. And exchanged prizes, and uh, yeah, and we'll we'll continue. And we were going to do something next weekend, but uh, uh, she's flying to Savannah to see her dad, and mm-hmm. then to Kansas to see my folks. So it's like, all right, we'll, we'll when she gets back, we'll do some uh, we'll yeah. do some anniversary stuff. So what'd you guys do? We. Well, I, I love that you guys travel every year. Um, I love it. That was when Katie and I, I think it was before we got married, I su- or maybe it was right after, I don't remember, but I suggested that every year for our anniversary, instead of buying each other prizes, gifts, whatever, that we just, we buy a trip that we take like in February or early March when Chicago, like, fuck, we got to get out of the city. You know, we just go somewhere warm or, or not, or whatever, you know, we just, and that would be our gift to each other. And we've never had a chance to do that because our first anniversary Katie was pregnant, yeah. And then we had Harry in in March, um, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And then our second anniversary. This was our third. Yeah, that was yeah. your third anniversary. Um, I guess our second anniversary. We, I don't remember our second anniversary. Wow, David, you guys are really uh, you're really batting a thousand. Oh my god! You, you can't even fucking remember what you did on your anniversary. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, the point, we, we didn't travel. I can tell you that much. We have not been able to travel because we got the kid and he was a baby, you know. I mean, excuses, excuses, but le- yeah. legitimate, yeah. I think. So this year, yeah. um, my mom was able to get us Hamilton tickets through work at like a nice discount. So we went and saw so Hamilton. So you saw the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air do Schoolhouse Rock Live. I did. I did. And uh, I missed Jazzy Jeff. I really yeah, missed exactly. that. Other than yeah. that, I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, have, have you seen Hamilton? I have not. I just listened to the thing, and I thought, wow. Uh, you know, if I'd seen the original cast with, with uh, Lin-Manuel, blah, 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 I probably would have seen Fresh Prince of Bel-Air do Schoolhouse Rock Live. Now it's the touring show, which is sort of like watching Kid and Play do it, or crisscross. I'm just not Jesus that interested. Jesus Christ. Uh Oh, well, but I'm going to get back to the Hamilton stuff in a second. <laughs> but the other thing we did before the show, uh, we didn't have a chance to get to dinner because work and whatever else. And, you know, the show's at 730. But we went to the Chicago Athletic Association. and there's That's a, a great place. Yeah. There's a speakeasy yeah. there called Milk Room. Yes, there is. Which the, the drinks are like, Katie had like a $60 Sazerac and I had a $65 something else. And the drinks are great. They're well had, made. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You spent $125 on two drinks? Y- yeah. Uh, Don, you have to remember that um, I was raised Jewish, so I just, I have a lot of money. No, I, whatever. Um, no, it's I'm just, you spent a hundred, I'm, I'm yeah. just, no, I, I, $125 yeah. on two 
fucking drinks. Who? What justifies? No. What justifies anyone? Uh huh. Yep. Fair question. Selling you a drink for sixty five dollars. What could possibly be in that drink? What could possibly be the result of a drink? That is, and I mean, the thing about it is, and, and Danny, you know, she, we, 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 not too long ago, we went to Gordon Ramsay Steak, you know, and uh, we dropped, we dropped a lot of fucking money on Gordon Ramsay Steak, but dude, dude, the money we dropped at Gordon Ramsay Ska- Steak would have bought us four drinks, four drinks at sixty five dollars a piece. That's the most ridiculous thing. I, I, I mean, it's. It's ridiculous. Yeah. $65 for a fucking... What is in this drink that's cost $65? What, what was it served in? Was it a... Cho- was it... W- w- did, did, was a small Asian refugee just like <laughs> dripping it into your mouth with a fucking eyedropper? What the fuck could, could you possibly justify a $65 cocktail? It's, it's hard to do, and I don't think that I can, that I can justify it. Uh... Other than to say it's, I mean, uh, you're paying for the, I mean, uh, this, if I took Dana to a place with this and I bought her a $65 cocktail and it didn't like turn her into Audrey, like actually turn her into Audrey Hepburn for like five minutes. What the fuck good is it? Audrey, She'd kill Audrey me. Hepburn now or Audrey Hepburn? Whenever. I don't give a shit. She'd have to transform, you know, she'd have to grow wings and be able to fly for five minutes above the ceiling. As to Audrey Hepburn. A six, as Audrey Hepburn. Do you have a thing for Audrey Hepburn? No, it's just the first thing that came to my mind. I'm just saying, what the hell could you possibly justify spending $125 for two cocktails? I well, can't. Here's, here's my the thing brain about the milk is room. exploding with this. Katie made this reservation. I'd never heard. I'd, I'd been to the, the Athletic Association plenty of times. Uh, Katie, I'd never heard of the Milk Room, which is this speakeasy thing that actually was. A speakeasy. Well, I'm way sure back it was and, you know, gorgeous and amazing. It's a but... small room. There's eight seats, and you, you just your reservation is only for an hour. So like you're in at five forty five, and they basically boot you. I mean, they're polite about it. It's fine, but you're out at six forty five. And I, I just, I, I know it's it's gotta it's, hate it's, wealthy people. It's totally. It's we would <sighs> not. We talked about it afterwards. We're like. What did you think? It's like, I mean, I'm glad we did it. And it's like, yeah, it's our anniversary. And we hemmed and hawed over the drinks. There was, there are cocktails, $900 for See, a single drink. the thing drink. about it is, what I want to do is I want to go light that fucking place on fire. I want to do a Blues Brothers thing <laughs> where I go in and I, and, I, and I order the $900 drink. And while I'm drinking it, I'm looking over at the other rich people going, how much for the little girl? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what I, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I can't even, it, well, it, it's part of it. It's like I had this conversation with our security officers the other day that he was talking about some, because I don't fucking follow. I mean, I do manage a sports book, so you'd think I'd follow fucking NFL, but I don't give a shit. <sighs> and he was talking about one of these guys that uh, had a $225,000 watch. And, and I'm thinking, you know, what right. could motivate you to spend that? You know, I mean, granted, I have a fifteen hundred dollar phone, so I suppose there's there's some precedent. But Jesus Christ, two hundred twenty five thousand dollars. See, you have a fifteen hundred dollar phone. I think that's insane. 
How much is your phone worth? What 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 at, phone do at, you have? At this point, I don't know, 48 bucks. Yeah, no, what'd you pay for it, jackass? I don't know, whatever it is when you upgrade with Verizon and do the plan, so how, I don't know. What kind of what kind of phone you have? What is it? iPhone 7, I think. So you have a $1200 phone. Just Is it $1200? Yeah, when you bought it originally, yeah. I can't be right. I think we got it a little later. Really? really? Come comes from the man who spent one hundred twenty five dollars on two All right, fucking so cocktails. So let me. So okay. So all right. Yeah. I'm let's, pretty let's, sure that when it comes to money and money management, you are really drawing the short stick on this conversation. So Dad gave us uh, an anniversary gift of two hundred dollars. He said, "Buy yourselves some dinner." You know, like there's your like your anniversary gift, right? Or and that's or or two cocktails. Right. Jesus Christ. Well, and we got we got cheese. We got a cheese plate. That was that how was mu- how much was the fucking cheese plate? Only four hundred bucks. Only eighty five bucks. No, I'm kidding. You're, it wasn't. No, no I was, was going to say, man, I'm going to reach through this fucking <laughs> iPad and beat you to death. I don't remember how much the cheese was, but it would. So I mean, Dad, let's just call that dinner. Basically, it was a gift. We so Katie, we asked, we talked about it afterwards. Like, would you go again? Nah. I mean, it's. It's an experience. Well, you know what, David? This is what I think. This is what I'd like to do, since you're so frivolous with your cash. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get two, two like black label beers, and I'm going to pour them in a really nice couple of glasses. Yeah. Right. And you're going to do a reservation here in our apartment in Las Vegas. <laughs> There's only two seats. No oh, one else can wow. get in. You guys are going to come in, and you're going to give me nine hundred dollars uh, a piece to fucking sit in my apartment and drink <laughs> Black Label. What the fuck? Well, but there has to be a... You have to provide the experience. Like, you have to tell yeah, me about I'll the provide. beer and no, really tol- give me the backstory oh, yeah. about, about oh, what goes the, into the beer and about the, and why it's the called where we're sitting and about and, your apartment. And I, yeah, and the way I drank it to blackout drunk when I was in college yeah. and I used to play beer games and had a mung rag. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you all about that rag. stuff. Yeah, I'll pay for that. You know what a mung rag is, right? I have no idea. A mung rag? A mung rag is the rag that you clean up the spilled beer oh. <laughs> and you never wash. Right. It's called a mung rag. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. If you're gonna play beer drinking games and you're in college in the '80s, had to have mung rag. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's totally an an. I bet any money had a mung rag. Oh, I, I see. I would bet that for a point he did not because he was such a fucking mess. His whole body was a mung rag. Like he was just. Well, that yeah, was that's it. what I'm yeah. saying. It's okay, like, there's a mung rag, at least an aesthetic. Of Eddie mung rag. Eddie Mungrag. <laughs> uh, oh, we're, we're idiots. God bless the dear departed. Yeah, anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, our so did anniversary was for your anniversary. You spent an exorbitant amount of money and saw <laughs> a completely overbloated Broadway musical. The show, I mean, here's the thing about Hamilton. Uh, it's, a, it's a good show. I thought that it had been around longer than it has been. It, it's only been around since 2015. That's only f- four years like it's such a part of the zeitgeist that, and it's, it's not a part of my zeitgeist. And it's so hyped up. And I, when things get as much hype as something like Hamilton does, I'm, I usually just go, nope, fuck it, don't care. Or that was that was that's exactly how Danny feels. Like the, the hype machine just it just got so overhyped so fast. Yeah, just was like, yeah, I just went. I'm gonna listen when it. I remember mm-hmm. it first hit. Tyler Green was effusive about it. Everybody, Sarah Lou, everybody at WBZ oh, yeah. was just like freaking out about it. So I, you know, I found a, a, I went online and I listened to some of the music. And what I, and my takeaway was, wow, this is like 
really subpar '90s rap. Um, yeah, I teach, mean, it's teaching us uh, teaching us about the government and the early days of the Constitution, which is schoolhouse it's schoolhouse rock. rock. Yeah, and it was like, okay, so you're telling me this amazing thing is schoolhouse rock? It's done through this this like not even really very good rap. And not if you listen to rap. It's not. It's kind of subpar. It's rap that I could have done, and I'm not a rapper. I think that the uh, the music was okay. I was a little underwhelmed by it, and I'm, I've been thinking like, is that because of the hype, or is that just because of what it actually is? I think that the char- the the guy who played Alexander Hamilton, um, who was you know originated by Lin Manuel Miranda, the the creator and the writer of the whole thing. Um, I've never seen him do it, so I thought his parts weren't weren't that great. I loved the the, the music that the sisters get. I thought the, the women got incredible music. I love that stuff. Um, I loved the casting of those those women were incredible. The woman who plays his wife and his wife's sister I can't recall their names right now. The guy who played George Washington was amazing. The guy who played Al, uh, Aaron Burr was incredible. Uh, there were some funny parts, but I was kind of underwhelmed by the Alexander Hamilton character, and maybe that's maybe that's the point because it's all—it's kind of like Aaron Burr's story, in a way. Yeah, um, you know, I don't even—I honestly, what you just talked about, everything you, yeah. you just said for like the last minute, you sound like the Charlie Brown teacher. I don't fucking know sure. what you said. He, well, here's here's the thing: it it was a good show. Um, is it worth all the hype that it gets? No. Did it open? Was it brand new? And did it change the way musicals are made? Yeah. And do I, you know, rap? I mean, come on, Jesus fucking Christ! Like that being done in musical on Broadway, are you out of your mind? So, right on. I think. Why that's is what, that a big deal? Because it had never been done before. And yes, it had. There's been rap in musicals, but not before. like maybe a, not an entirely. Yeah. Rap, like a. Yeah. No. The thing I mean, about to it this degree, maybe, and it's like what, old white maybe people this is like my getting issue. down to it. Well, is, see, th- this is my issue with Hamilton as a as a, a phenomenon. It didn't become a phenomenon because it was rap, and it didn't become a phenomenon because it was about Aaron Burr, and it didn't become. It became a phenomenon because it was a bunch of white historical characters played by people of color. That's why it became a phenomenon. Sure. And that's. And you know, all right, then let me. You know, I'll tell you what. I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to make all that Lin Manuel blah 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 money. By what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a Broadway remount of 1776, but it's all going to be disabled people. Everybody's Ben Franklin's going to be a quadriplegic, and, and oh my God, what did you do? Or I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to do a staging. I'm going to do a live staging of Bewitched. Except what I'm going to do is all the female characters will play will be played like guys. That's what a great idea. It's like I can't, you know. I'm sorry. That's you got to give me something. Which is why I listened to the music before I went and saw it because all the sure. hype was, oh my God, this incredible woke experience. Yeah. Let's pay eight hundred dollars a ticket i was like what the fuck and then i listened to music i went yeah that's not worth eight hundred dollars a ticket that's just it's that's just only like a- worth eight hundred dollars a ticket if it's your anniversary and your dad pitches in fair that's fair that's it you know i mean but i think i mean I, granted, I applaud- i'm speaking from a place where i have not seen it but when it finally comes out on video i'll watch it but I mean, I'm not it's, gonna pay like, it's not a, shitloads of money to watch something that is that, that is basically a diversity stunt it's not a bad show. The second act is better than the first act because it gets more into the characters rather than like, here's how 
America was made. The, the deed, you know, word up, like whatever. That was yeah, stupid. Well, if um, I'm gonna watch how America's made, I'm gonna watch Schoolhouse Rock. And there were there were some really touching moments uh, in the second act that I, I thought were great. But I, I applaud Lin Manuel Miranda. I mean, he he wrote the the story. He wrote the well, book. Like he the wrote guy, the lyrics. He wrote the, the music. Is, like good, right on, dude. The right thing on. about it is, I like I like stuff that he did before better. I like stuff that he's done since. Uh, I like him as an actor. I'm looking very forward to the. Uh, I think it's. I don't know if it's HBO or Amazon Prime, but it's the uh, his Dark Materials trilogy. Mm. Um, they're doing that as a, a series, and he he plays the 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 Texas Balloon Man, which I can't you know I can't mm. remember the name of the character, but I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to that because I I actually like him as a performer and yeah. a writer. I just don't think Hamilton was. I mean, I, it's you know, it's like. Eh. All right, I just it's, it's like it's, it's like Anthony Hopkins being lauded. They're like, oh my God, Anthony Hopkins! You've seen his body of work. He was Odin. It's like, are you fucking crazy? He's done lots better stuff than that. He was Hannibal Lecter. But if all you're gonna say is he was Odin and that's the big thing, are people then saying you're a that about idiot. him? No, but that's what Lynn that's what oh. I'm saying about Lynn is that they're like, oh, he did he did all these incredible he did musicals before that were better. He's done uh, some great writing and some great stuff since, but what people remember him for, the thing that he did is sort of like this C level rap musical that became a phenomenon because uh Well, I think what's a- great about his work with, with Hamilton was that again, he wrote the book, he wrote the lyrics, and he wrote the music. Yeah. And he's was able to simple and it's a cohesive show. I mean, it. I'm sure it's there's cohesive. a lot of shit to jam in. You can't in there. charge eight hundred dollars. Well, unless you're, it's a cocktail for sixty five dollars. You can't charge that much money for something that's not cohesive. Right. Um. And those cocktails, they were cohesive. And the bartender, the bartender explained it to us, and I couldn't tell you a fucking word of what he said. Did you get drunk? No, it was one cocktail. Okay. Can you sing one song from Hamilton right now? No. Exactly. But you know what, Don? I was there with my wife, and I loved every moment of being there with her. Okay, so really. Okay, and then there you go. It's an anniversary. And the crackers that came with the cheese were fucking incredible. Far better than the, <laughs> than the drinks. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back. Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is the Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. Whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. If you look at if you look at all the science behind Ugh, the science. the disa- the coming disaster of climate change, it's pretty clear we've lost the war. That it doesn't matter at this point how much green energy we put up there, how much carbon emissions we reduce, we're pretty much fucked at this point. And, you know, everybody wants to say, oh, no, there's hope, there's hope. So let's keep focusing on... So the question becomes, is it better to continue to try to fix the climate, which 
if you look at the science, the, they, we couldn't fix the climate. 20 years ago, they said we couldn't fix the climate. We were right. already handed to the press. We're over the edge. Yeah. Is it better to continue fighting that fight or is it better to say, you know what? How about we prepare for the fact that we're going to, you know, that two thirds of the population is going to be starving at some point, that we're going to have massive fires and maybe we should just buy some fire blankets for everybody. I mean, <laughs> perhaps preparation for what we already know is going to happen might be wiser than trying to force solar energy down everybody's throat because I don't, it's not going to matter. So this is my question. I don't know why the fire blankets, like, is a solution. Like, ah, fuck it. We're going to burn. Here you go. Something. We're going to burn. That's the thing. We're going to burn. So how do we we make it so that it's least (laughs) better for the people that exist after all all hell breaks loose? Because all we're doing is it's sort of like we're drowning. We're already up to our, like, necks in water. And well, I mean, in Chicago, drowning, we're like but, literally like the water, it's four feet yeah, higher than, and, 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 you know, and we're looking in, at in each Lake other Michigan. going, we're looking at each other and saying, maybe we should get some caulking. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? It's done. It's already flooded, man. <laughs> caulking is not going to help us now. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you're right. We can't, we can't turn back the clock. Uh, and here's the thing about climate change that I think in the discussion gets, gets lost one, humans are not the cause of climate change. The Earth has been changing its climate since its beginning. This happens. The ice age, the, the warmth of the dinosaurs, right? Like this is, it was going to happen anyway. What humans have done is we've exacerbated it and sped up the, we've just sped up the change. So I think that in, in the effort to solve, quote unquote, solve climate change, that could be, uh, slowing it down, reducing, you know, so if we, if dude, maybe we don't get a hundred years, but we can get, we can get 75 and and then nobody wants to talk about what nobody ever, nobody really wants to talk about because it's a terrible solution. It's a Thanos solution. But the fact is it is not our adherence to carbon fuel based fuel that has exacerbated it. It is the fact that in the last 200 years, We've tripled the population of the planet. Well, right. It is it, it, the thing about it is if we really, really, really wanted to solve the problem, we do a Thanos snap and fifty percent of the population would disappear. But the thing about it is we don't have to do that because the planet's going to do it for us. So, so now the question becomes: It's already going to happen. There's nothing we can do about it. We have eight billion people on the planet. The planet is not built to sustain this much of any one species. The planet is gonna. If you you know you want to Pixar the planet and anthropomorphize it as a great giant huge like all the planets are like these really adorable. You know, Mars is sort of a crusty, angry, curmudgeon guy, and the Earth is the lovely sort of green. You know, they're all like. Nah, see what, I, what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing is that the Earth is Thanos, and Iron Man is AOC. No, because that would that would that would that would place a world where AOC has any practical effect on what Thanos does, and there's no time travel in real world. And but guess she what? she wants to take the snap back. Well, you know, guess what? Everybody wants to take the snap back, but you know what? That's not how it works. The reality is the planet is going to, this is what the planet does. And as you said, the planet's been evolving for millennia 
this is the thing. The planet can't sustain this many people. We right. just can't but there's, do it. But there's we're going to run out of the out of the the fossil fuels. We're going to run out of the you know the the, the natural um, uh, supplies that we. I mean, we only have so much of what the Earth will give us. But right. We're still going to have eight billion people fucking breathing. Right. And yes, overpopulation That's what I'm is saying. part of it. But You're I talk think about carbon carbon dioxide. We kill off the trees, and then we keep having babies. And guess what? At some point. It just has to tip, and it's tipping. It's our science. I, already I said agree it's with tipped. that, but I think we can do things to help to help slow the demise. Okay, so in other words, what you're saying is we're on a train, and we know it's going to go over the cliff. Yes, and maybe if we can just maybe slow it down by five miles an hour, that's going to somehow make things better when we fall off. Or, did, or does that just mean that it's okay if we slow it down? Then you and I get to live, but Harry's fucked. And it doesn't matter because we we preserved our stuff for at least ten more minutes. I don't I don't know that the train analogy is is the right one because I think that we've got about three hundred years before humanity is reduced to the bare bit. Like there's you know just a few of us yeah. left. Like dude, we're not gonna dude, we're not gonna no, make it. I agree with you, but if you look at the science, it's it's probably less than fifty years before we have so much drought, so much. Uh, flooding so many fires that we can no longer produce enough food to feed people and then that's the thing is it's not like i don't i mean if you read the science it's not like the planet like we're just gonna it's not like the snap what it's like it's just like a giant concentration camp it is billions <laughs> of people starving to death starving yeah. to death is ain't pretty that's not pretty Starving to death is not pretty because what starving to death comes from what that in, it imbues in the world is then murderous rage over people that don't have food and are starving to death. They'll do anything to eat. And then it cannibalism, zombies, all this shit. This is going to be a slow, horrifying demise of the species. We have the possibility of continuing to either continue the fiction that somehow we can slow it down and change it or acknowledge that, yeah, it's going to happen. We fucked it. And now what do we got to do? We've got to figure out how to make it so that that demise is not the worst, most horrifying hell-like existence ever. I mean, and there, we're not doing the second. We're just hoping that we're not. That's not going to happen. It's not. It's going to happen. There's no. There, we can't change it. There, there's a couple things at play here. There, I, I think we we might be touching on two different sides of maybe the same coin. I'm not sure. But f- so point one is there's that uh, that storage facility of like. Every plant seed in the, the world is that what it is? Well, I mean, I just that's the idea of the ark. Yeah, but it's like it's like stuff. yeah, in Antarctica or some such shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when everything goes to shit, we still have sunflowers and corn and you know whatever the fuck else. So when we when who's going to be left? That's going to well, be okay. Get so to right, Antarctica. that's 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 part of it. Who the fuck's going to be left to go there? But the other thing is, we're doing things that are harming us now that are making us sicker. That are going to wipe us out even sooner. Yeah, before, like, uh, before famine can even take effect. Like Trump's. Yeah, like Trump like rolling back. Jackson, like, like eating, eating Jack, Jack in the box. Well, thank God they closed down the one a block away. Just yeah, exactly. I was going to say because uh, otherwise you'd be a giant fat guy and I, die of diabetes. I'd be 1990s Don Hall sitting in the movie theater watching Wilford Brimley in the firm. Exactly. Uh, but there's. I was just reading this morning. You know, 
the Trump administration is rolling back another EPA thing or restriction on Obama era restriction uh, that companies can now just dump shit into open waterways. Could be poison. Doesn't have to be, but could, it's oh just like... Oh my God, you mean... Wow, because, yeah, because that's so different than it was in Obama. Oh, Flint, Michigan? I'm pretty sure that th- that rollback doesn't change a goddamn thing because they were doing it anyway. The EPA, changing EPA standards doesn't mean shit because the EPA is so emaciated and so underfunded, they haven't been able to do a goddamn thing since Carter was in office. But doesn't it slow things down so fewer people get sick, so more of us can live long enough to help uh, plan... To, to survive through the famine, through no. the fires, through the waters. No, no. I mean, this, is, of, this is very nihilistic of, of you. No, no. I, it's just that's like the thing about it is is I'm think I'm that's thing is I'm I'm you know maybe I'm just done. Like I know I, it's, I that's thing is I know I'll be dead before all this really really comes to to, to fruit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, nothing's coming to fruit. No shit, the fruit won't exist anymore because the planet's gonna kill it all off. Um, but here's the thing: is is if we want the species to survive, it can't be about preserving us. And and you know, I care. There's all the squawk about how we want to save the planet, but we don't really want to save the planet. What we want to do is we want to save us. We want right. to save our way of life. The fact is, the planet's gonna do away with our way of life. I don't think human beings will be extinct. I actually don't believe that. And I've read enough science about extinct, this. Extinct, no, but whittled out, like whittled down yeah, to and, a and a countable to, number. To, well, yeah, <laughs> an easily countable number. number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, is is I, I think there again, it's sort of like oh, we're going to look at this pic that we've we've screwed ourselves. And I did, okay, I'll give you an analogy. It's not the train. The high rise is on fire. Hmm. I mean, you you can see the flames and the top floors are starting to burn and, and you know, the high rise is on flat fire. We can either, and, and it is beyond our repair. We're never going to be able to stop the fire. The high rise is going to burn down. Is right? this is this tower one or tower two? Uh, North you, or south uh, tower? You do the math, whatever. But yeah. it's, it's burning down. We have a choice. We can either continue to try to stop a fire that we can't stop or we can save the people on floor 34. You know, I mean, th- that's our choice. We can try to save the building and spend all of our resources and all our energy trying to stop a fire that science says we cannot stop. Or we can say the people that we get out of the building, the few people we're able to get out of the building are not going to be able to breathe very well. And maybe if we give them a fucking fire blanket, they'll be better. That's why I said the fire blanket in the beginning and it made you laugh so hard. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's a, it's the, it's a Titanic situation. It's, we can't save yeah. the ship, save as many women and children as you can. Um, you know, that's a thing I don't hear the woke talking about is back in the day in 1912 when the Titanic sank and it was women and children first and things like that. Uh, that was white men were disposable, right? They didn't, they didn't get the, the lifeboats. It went to the women and children. Well, then, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't. That's. I don't know where I'm going with that. Just, just take that new wave feminists. Okay, get on the Titanic well, well, and, and the enjoy the death femi- of the patriarchy with all the sure white the men sinking. 
I, I'm pretty I sure that a the new wave <laughs> feminists are are massive fans of the ape cast, and I'm also pretty sure that I don't think you really got them with that one. I'm just not thinking that that's yeah. I'll work on it. Tune in next week where I'll have a great yeah, Titanic we, zinger for the new. We yeah. make a whole analogy with the Titanic and white males being expendable. I don't I'm know. Just not I mean, I, that one. I think not I, I get it. I get your point about the burning building, but then I wonder how certain how how absolutely certain are we. That we can't save the building because if we can We're save the certain. building, we can we can save more people. If we can slow si- the fire down, we si- can get more science, people. Science is pretty science is pretty certain. But if we can slow the fire down, but if, if, if we can if we people, can reduce it, it won't more, burn as quickly. David, David, if more if more people is the problem, perhaps saving more people is not the best answer. Yeah, I. Uh... I mean, I I get it. I mean, this is this is very Thanos of you. I mean, I'm just the thing is, it's not even. That See, I, you just you watched know, Endgame like, again last week. This, I did. Yeah. yeah we so did I think Endgame this is again. what's like yeah, really I fueling did, your brain it was at the, the moment. The best yeah. moment in Endgame right. is one of my favorite. It, it will be. It will probably go down as one of my favorite moments of watching movies with my wife. <laughs> um, is all she's getting bored? I can tell she's getting bored. She loved Infinity War, but she's getting bored. While Captain America, will get, when they're getting ready to go do the time heist, mm-hmm. Captain America is giving his big speech. We're laying on the bed watching, and all of a sudden I hear behind her, behind me going, <laughs> and she's making snore sounds because she's so fucking bored. Yeah. At one point, she just sits up, she goes, where's the snack stone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was the best thing I ever heard. So what did you get her for a snack? I didn't. I was watching a movie. Did she get up and get a snack? No, she went to sleep, and then I got went in the room and watched the rest of it. So the question persists: Where is the snack stone? I, How know, are you I'm watching get... a movie like this—a three and a half hour, three hour, one minute movie—without fucking snacks? Well, here's the thing: um, I know that at some point, um, her reward for finishing the film is I am going to go find like a stone. Like a like one of the crystals, like yeah. something that looks a bit like an Infinity Stone, and I'm going to give it to her. And anytime she pulls out the Snack Stone, I have to go buy her snacks. I it's love like that. You, it's, it's like one of those things where like you give your your loved one, your spouse, like a coupon, right? For yeah, a free back rub. Yeah. So I guess uh-huh. I'm just going to get her a Snack Stone, and whenever Perfect. she pulls out the Snack Stone, whatever snack she wants, I'm going to go get her. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing. Uh, is a, uh, it's a listen, it's a podcast. Um, Katie turned me on to this, uh, my wife, uh, the Hysteria podcast. Yeah, we know who your wife okay, is. Okay, I'm just reminding you. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to refresh your marriage every every year, so my wife is Katie. Um, it's the Hysteria podcast. Um, this, it's, 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 ba- it's it's a it's a better version of the ape cast with women uh, <laughs> they've got sponsors they've got, you know they're uh, but yeah. it's it's really funny they talk about uh, social you know social topics political topics um, the start with this episode um, it's the strong female characters episode they they have a, f- a TV writer and it's it's really interesting how they pick it apart it's not anything new but it's just interesting and fun to listen to these women talk about it and as i was listening to it on my run last weekend it made me hate uh captain marvel so much more 
Like how oh, wow. fucking useless and stupid and trite and awful that char- they made that character and how pointless that movie is. But listen to the podcast. Um, and then they do, at the end of it, they do a similar to our six things. They do Hills to Die on uh, where they oh, take cool. some callers from listeners. But yeah, it's a, it's a really smart, uh, great podcast. Hysteria. All right, outstanding. Um, my first thing is uh, Netflix. Bill Burr, Paper Tiger. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny as hell. I mean, he does. Uh, he does. He does. Probably the first. I want to say probably the first fifteen minutes is all sort of like uh, standard Bill Burr arguing. You know, basically making jokes at the expense of the woke and the and the, and you know and the PC culture. Um, but then he goes in. You know, it's like I, I just think Bill Burr's was one of the funniest stand-up comics I've ever seen. Yeah, and and it was very interesting on the heels of the Dave Chappelle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I just ultimately find Bill Burr consistently funnier because he tells jokes and I, I you know it just I just enjoy I just think Bill Burr is really super funny and I really liked Paper Tiger he's got yeah. some really it you know he's not he's not uh, pre masturbation Louis C K insightful but he is uh, he is you know he's got his insight and they're funny and he sees the world a very interesting way and I think uh, I think he's very funny and I really enjoyed his Netflix special great. All right. Uh, my next thing is listen to Eddie Money. <laughs> Jump on Spotify, go to YouTube, iTunes, go to the record store, pick up his greatest hits, whatever. But listen to Eddie Money. Cause and I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna do a two point one. That was your two. I'm gonna do a two point one okay. and then go find a picture of Eddie Money and draw a goatee on it. Fair enough. Okay. My second thing is I want you to read. Um, it is the, an article in the New Yorker. It is by Jonathan Franzen. You know Jonathan Franzen. I do. Um, it is called "What If We Stopped <clears throat> Pretending the Climate Apocalypse Is Coming to Prepare for It." We need to admit that we can't prevent it, which is where all this shit came from. Um, it is an exceptionally well-written article. It is not me just going off about fucking burning buildings and trains. It's a really good article <laughs> and, and fire yeah. blankets. And fire blankets. He doesn't. I don't even think he mentions fire blankets. Not even once. Not oh. even in like a reference to it. So it's a it's Maybe a really good should. article. What if we stop pretending? By Jonathan Friends, and you can find it at thenewyorker.com. All right. My last thing to do this week is watch the movie Over the Top. Oh yeah, starring Sylvester Stallone. Any Sylvester Stallone is good. Uh, his brother uh, Frank. Frank Stallone. Yep. Uh, this is a canon movie, a uh, canon group. And I just um, want to point out, if you don't know what Frank Stallone looks like, if you watch the original Rocky, do you remember the guys standing around the burning barrel singing, take it back, do-do-do-do, that's Frank Stallone. I watched the Frank Stallone movie this weekend. It's, oh God, I can't remember what it was called, but it was fucking horrible. Um, oh yeah, he's a terrible director. More on that uh, later. But anyway, uh, the reason that Over the Top is um, appropriate to do this week is because Eddie Money was featured on the soundtrack. Which this Eddie Money thing is just, you just really sucked into this thing. It kills me. All right, my final thing. Um, here's, and I want you to do it, but I would I could encourage everybody to do it. Take five minutes. First thing in the morning. Tomorrow morning. I want you to sit down and spend five minutes and write down the reasons your significant other is significant in your life. And then I want you to send that either as a text or an email or write it down on a piece of paper and make sure that your significant other gets to read 
why you think that person is significant in your life. And then I want you to do it again the next day. And then I want you to do it again the next day. Oh, come on. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll your eyes all you want, David. Five I'm, every day. Five minutes. Five, it takes five minutes to reflect on why you're significant. Five reasons or five minutes? Just No, five minutes okay. of just like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to spend some time reflecting on why this person that I've chosen to be my husband or wife, my partner. Partner. Partner is significant to me what what you know because we spend so much time in 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 our marriages or in our relationships finding the things that annoy us that don't work but i think if you just spent five minutes every day just reflecting on why this person is so important to you it might be a a, a positive thing david himmel you know what in a in a married couple's life, I'm I'm, I'm directing this directly. Uh, yeah, at you. I know, I get it. You know what annoys me about our relationship right now is this fucking what? assignment. Yeah, all right. Well, then it's so, very annoying to you, but do it anyway. I got news for you, buddy. I'm gonna fucking send you the reason that you're significant to me, and you're not gonna like it. <laughs> I can't wait to read that because I'm gonna take five minutes in the morning tomorrow taking a shit, and I'm gonna film it on my phone. <laughs> And I'm going to text you the video. You know, and if you do that, then uh, then I'm, I'll watch it every morning. It'll bring us closer. It will bring it'll bring something closer. <laughs> and, and that's, that's the, the show. show. <laughs> See you next week. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.